0: Welcome to She's Off the Damn Chain with your girl, Miss Show Me The Light. Come on in. Enjoy. Hello, 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 everyone. This is your girl, Miss Show Me The Light. You have tuned in to She's Off the Damn Chain. Welcome to episode eight. This year don't owe me shit. The quote of the day is challenges make you discover things about yourself you never really knew. Now, this quote comes from a phenomenal, dope sister. We just lost her this past year. Miss Sister Tyson. Rest in peace, Miss Tyson. Thank you for your knowledge. Uh, this is a dope quote because have you ever gone through something and discovered like that you were stronger than you ever knew before? This is what she's talking about. You discovered this new strength or this new talent. We do this. As people, we are resilient. We're always coming up with something new and a way to transform ourselves. So thank you, Miss Tyson, for today's quote, which once again was, challenges make you discover things about yourself you never really knew. Surprise, motherfucker. It's a history moment. Here we are at the fact of the day. Today is October 28th. On this day in 1798, the founder of the Underground Railroad, Mr. Levi Coffin, was born. A devout Quaker, he became a strong opponent of African-American slavery. By the time he turned 15, Coffin already had begun to assist fugitive slaves. Excuse me. When he moved to Newport, now Fountain City, Indiana, in 1826, he discovered that he was on the route of the Underground Railroad, by which the fugitive slaves made their way from the South to Canada. During 1847 through 1857 period, Coffin assisted hundreds of runaway slaves, often by loading them in his Ohio home across the river from Kentucky and not far down river from Virginia both of which remained slave states until slavery was abolished after the American Civil War in his final decade. Coffin traveled around the Midwest as well as overseas to France and Great Britain, where he helped form aid societies to provide food, clothing, funds, and education to former slaves. This fact of the day was provided by BlackFacts.com. Once again, that was www.blackfacts.com. I know you guys sometimes wonder like, why is she always talking about history and where we've been? Let's talk about where we're going. This is the thing. If you don't know where you've been, you can't know where you're going. That's why we are lost as a people because our history has been lost. It is no fun to be out in the world spinning around, not knowing where you came from or where you're going. So I just want to give you a little piece of who helped us how we made it how we are who we are today okay guys so this next story it shook me up in so many different ways um i am so tired of hearing this story remixed every decade or so i just want to preface y'all and kind of get y'all ready for what you're gonna hear so here we go. Alec Baldwin didn't know the gun was hot. Oh shit. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did they just say what I think they said? Alec Baldwin is seemingly declaring his innocence in the accident that killed Helena Hutchins by pointing out he was told it was a cold gun when it was actually loaded with a live round. Baldwin retweeted an article Wednesday night about the most recent search warrant filed in the death investigation. The NYT story headlined, gun handed to Alec Baldwin was not thoroughly checked, focused on the documents TMZ was first told you about, which highlights several safety failures. In the affidavit filed Wednesday, assistant director Dave Halls admitted to the cops he had not thoroughly checked the weapon for live rounds before handing it to Baldwin. When Alec hasn't said anything publicly since his first tweet the day after Hutchins was killed, his actions on social media speaks volumes, excuse me, retweeting multiple articles saying he was told the weapon was safe. Head armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed told authorities prior to the scene and during the movie's lunch break, the gun was locked in a safe and very few people had access to it. The question remains, how did live ammo not only get on set but into the gun's chamber? TMZ spoke with several people from the set who told them outside of filming the gun sometimes used for recreational use and target practice both the santa fe sheriff's county office and district attorney held a press conference wednesday where they said charges are technically still on the table for everyone involved they also said they'll be looking into the history of halls and gutierrez reed in determining if any negligence took place this story was provided by TMZ. Now it's time for somebody to ring the buzz on this shit. Okay, so check this out. Alec Baldwin shoots this girl, Helena Hutchins, on a scene of a movie with a real gun that was supposed to be loaded with movie set bullets or whatever, but it's loaded with Real bullets because it's sometimes used as a live round gun for target practice. Now, didn't some shit like this happen to Bruce Lee or somebody back in the day? I don't know what they trying to do, but I mean, at least come up with a new storyline. I'm really bringing the buzzer on this shit. We'll be right back after this commercial. This is Chef C. Carter. I know you guys have been waiting. I am now accepting booking for private chef opportunity and catering events. Please call me at 214-470-1586 or visit my website at www.chefcarter.com for booking and consultation. And we are back. The United States issues the first non-binary passport with gender X option. The United States has made significant strides when it comes to recognizing individuals' genders. They have implemented the bathroom bill, which granted access to sex segregated public facilities for an individual based on a determination of their sex as defined. There are laws put into effect that protect gender identities. And now, the Biden administration has created another way for people to embrace their gender identity while traveling. The US has issued its first passport with an ex-gender designation. This milestone marks the re- recognition of the rights of people who do not identify as male or female, said the State Department. According to the NPR, President Joe Biden's administration kept good on their word after promising this move earlier this year to make documents more inclusive for people who identify as non-binary, intersex, and gender non-conforming. Pressure to make this change came after a lawsuit filed earlier this year by Dana Zim, a intersex and non-binary Colorado resident Dana argued it was impossible to get a passport with their accurate gender because female and male were the only options available. Lambda Legal Represented Dana in the lawsuit and confirmed Dana was the first passport with a gender X marker. Dana also made a statement about the news, stating it was thrilling to get the passport finally. She continued explaining the goal was to help the next generation of intersex people win recognition as full citizens with rights rather than travel the globe. State Department spokesperson Ned Price released a statement about the change saying, I want to reiterate on the occasion of the passport issuance the Department of State's commitment to promoting the freedom, dignity, and equality of all people, including the LBGTQI plus persons. The department plans to offer the option to all passport applicants once their system finishes updating along with its forms by early 2022. According to Ned Price, this this article was provided by the Is that a Karen or a Carl? You're taking my my property. Well, you know, there's been a lot of comings and goings of UPS trucks in this neighborhood. What about what about a that? lot of packages coming so? to this house particular? Well, something's going on in there. Something's so, going on in there. Wait, wait, wait. It's it's an 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 Amazon. I'm taking the package. It's my Amazon wish. I'm businesses. taking the package. No, you're not taking no, my property. I have, no I stuff. Say, excuse me. Excuse! Me. No. Oh, oh, my kill kill oh my god, you killed me. I did not Former NFL player creates a platform for black community to invest in. Seventy-nine billion dollars, sneaker culture plans to launch IPO. Rising America fund to invest in sneaker platform to help Black and Brown communities benefit from sneakerhead culture. Consumers to invest in real sneakers by buying and trading fractional shares of the shoes. His New York, New York, Jerome Sapp, a former NFL player for the Baltimore Ravens and the Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis. I'm sorry, Colts, is now the founder and CEO of Rares, a sneakerhead investing platform that allows consumers to invest in real sneakers by buying and trading fractional shares of the shoes. This company has already acquired original Yeezy sneakers worn by Kanye West himself for $1.8 million and is planning to launch an IPO in near future. Portfolio's Rising American Fund 2, the first fund team led by black and brown women, is one of the company's major financial backers. Portfolio is a collaborative equity investing platform founded by and for women. Since 2020, the company's Rising America Fund 2, led by Karen Kerr, Daphne DeFrance, and Norma May Kadena, Juliana Garazier and Lorene Peddleton has invested in 16 companies that are minority-led, specifically Black, Latin, and LBGTQ, located in geographically dispersed areas and operating at diverse stages. This incredible group, of black and brown women is making headlines as one of the few funds in america to invest in promising entrepreneurs and companies that are often underfunded and overlooked by traditional venture capital firms why invest in sneakerhead i know this is what you're asking yourself it's currently valued as a 79 billion dollar industry and projected to grow to 126 billion dollar by the year of 2026. Sneakers are now one of the highest performing alternative assets classes out there. Investing in rares, black and brown people will have access to a new asset class, can retrieve ownership of culture we built, and ensure that future generations will benefit from it as well, explains Peddleton. We are passionate about leveling the playing field so that individuals who look like us experience equitable access to resources, no matter the type of investment, class or industry. In black and brown communities, sneakers are a staple of culture and mean more than a fashion statement. Rising American Fund 2 sees Rares as an opportunity to be a game changer for a black and brown communities who were once priced out of the sneaker market through fractional investments. Rares will also launch Rares University to teach financial literacy and bring a culture of investing to black and brown communities. Being candid and completely honest, receiving this investment from the portfolio Rising America Fund 1 and 2 has meant the absolute world to me personally, says Rares funder and CEO Jerome Sapp. My heroes growing up were my grandmother and mother, two strong, intelligent, insightful women. To have Lorene and the strong, brilliant women of the Rising America Fund 1 and 2 believe in the concept of rares and make an investment in my team and me allows me to feel the spirit of my late grandmother watching over me, letting me know that I'm in good hands at SAPS. My insatiable desire to lead the rares team to success has only gotten stronger because of this investment. Learn more about rares at www.rares.io. Once again, that was www.rares.io. You can learn more about portfolio at www. Portfolia, P-O-R-T-F-O-L-I-A dot co. For press inquiries, contact Zena Ewan at Xena, which is X-I-N-A at X-I-N-A-A-P-R dot com. Or you can give her a call at 703-785-4385. Week, it is my goal to bring you guys an opportunity to invest in, to grow your financial portfolio, to change the game. Every day, there is a new black person standing up, creating something new and something beautiful. And when we're allowed the opportunity to get in on the ground floor, we should start to take it. Because for far too long, we have been priced out of the market, and these opportunities have never been available. So I would like to say thank you for my strong brothers and sisters for standing up, using your voices, using your platform to give others that would usually not have the opportunity a chance. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after this commercial. And we are back. Meet the couple whose app helps track racial incidents and finds missing Black people. This news hails from Washington, D.C. An app that can help track racial incidents and find missing Black people could help parents and community members feel more comfortable asking campus security, local police and administration a critical question. How will safety become more equitable on our campuses this year? An app such as an Angel Tech which has live stream video and location sharing capabilities could be the answer. Developed by James Samuel Jr. and his wife Evelyn, an African-American couple who wanted to minimize and prevent personal and community security issues Angel jail, tech sends information to loved ones in real time, efficiently and discreetly. The app has the potential to decrease the number of dangerous incidents young Black people often face and give their families peace of mind. As racial injustice continues across the country, HBCUs are experiencing an increase in student enrollment, considering students are becoming more intentional about their feeling safe and understood. Unfortunately, students heading to college or back from the summer break have to contend with an ugly American truth. Safety is not equitable on campuses. A new study published by Southern Methodist University's Dominique Baker and UC Berkeley's Talani Britton recently showed that enrollment of black first-time college students climbed at HBCUs in states where hate crimes reported increased. Many of the neighborhoods where HBCUs are located are being subjected to gentrification, where middle-class and affluent residents, along with new business and luxury properties, are moving in and displacing the low-income locals. Atlanta has been cited as the most gentrifying city in the country and houses four prestigious HBCUs, Spelman College, Clark Atlanta University, Morehouse College, and Morehouse School of Medicine. Students are at risk of facing more personal security issues off campus on their way to activities or class, including instances of police brutality and even clashes with new residents. As recently as 2019, Howard University students face issues with individuals walking their dogs on campus without picking up after them. Living in gentrified neighborhoods can also proved to be costly for students. The students face complaints from neighbors due to their presence as reported by the undefeated. Along with challenges on campus, young black Americans are also going missing at an alarming rate across the country with the most recent cases of Jelani Day and Daniel Robinson coming to the forefront due to the lack of coverage and law enforcement assistance. Unfortunately, many of these cases do not have happy endings. Young people deserve to be safe, whether going to class or to the grocery store. Hate crimes and these off-campus challenges should be addressed by systematically and through community efforts to make sure each young college student walking onto campuses this school year feels safe, regardless if they are attending an HBCU or not. Now, parents, listen up. You have a unique role in student safety. Every parent should remind their student of three safety tips. One, make a safety plan. Have a conversation about the potential types of issues that might experience off and on campus. Discussing what to do if a student feels unsafe. Ensure they understand the community safety resources available to them and when to leverage each. Two, The power of video. This year, the world saw the power of video to capture the unbiased record of events necessary to bring about accountability and minister justice in the murder of George Floyd by Derek Chauvin. Recording and live stream video when a student feels unsafe is an essential way to both scare off offenders and increase the potential for accountability. An app such as AngelTech, which turns any smartphone into a body cam, would be useful in such situations. Number three, the importance of sharing location. Saying to a child, text me when you get there is outdated behavior. Leverage technology to share real-time locations with family and friends. Somehow should always know where the student is so they can be there to help or call for help if the student is in danger. Learn more about and or download the app with www.anjel.live. Again, that's www.anjel.live. Be sure to watch James Samuel Jr.'s interview on The Roland Martin Show. And for press inquiries, contact Zena P. Eland at 703-785-4358 or at Zena at ZenaPR.com. This news comes straight from BlackNews.com. dead body found in a rarely used police van in Alabama. This is nationwide news guys. Christina Nance, a 29-year-old black woman from Huntsville, Alabama was found lifeless inside a prisoner transport van parked in a police parking lot nearly a week after she had gone missing. Her family is seeking answers why it took so long for the police to find her. A preliminary autopsy recorded no foul play or bodily trauma, officials say. The cause of death has yet to be released. In surveillance footage released by officials, Nance can be seen wandering through the park before entering the van on September 25th. For the following three days, there appeared to be movements inside the van. The last movement recorded was when she opened the van's windows on September 28th, McCarver said. McCarver said the van was designed for inmate transport, which means there is no way to open the doors from the inside once they are closed. However, the department policy requires all police vehicles to always be locked. It is an accountability issue on our part, the deputy chief said, according to the Washington Post. That sound, that should not have happened. And now we have to look at that. And we have to make sure that we have things in place so this does not happen again. McCarver then added that the van's window was were easily to open and were actually open when she was found. But she did not appear to call for help from anyone in the parking lot, which was described to be very busy. Cars go by. People walk nearby the van. McCarver said, we just wish that she would have hollered out to someone or something because, unfortunately, there were what we see as potential opportunities for this not to be a tragedy. And unfortunately, no one was able to realize she was in the van. Moreover, McCarvey noted that Nance was known and very familiar to the department, but they simply have no idea of knowing what her state of mind was. Meanwhile, her family, who viewed the footage ahead of the media briefing, was unsatisfied with the footage, saying it had poor quality. They hired civil rights attorney Ben Crump to represent them as they seek answers about the mystery surrounding her tragic death. The video was not clear enough to indicate that that was our sister, Christina Nance, Nance's sister. Whitney Nance told WAFF. It was just very heartbreaking to know that we didn't get the clarification that we really needed and that we wanted. Okay, y'all. So let's tell the real truth about this. Let me first start by saying that story came from blacknews.com. Once again, that was www.blacknews.com. I'm going to once again have to bring the buzzer on this. and call bullshit. I'm going to have to call bullshit because it just doesn't make any sense. This was a prison transport van, but then they say the windows were open Um, as she was found passed away they said on the video she was seen opening and closing the doors which she had already closed the doors and this was once again a prison transport van which cannot be opened from the inside so there for me is a problem because it's just not making sense then you bring out this video that's grainy and kind of looks like the van kind of looks like the area i'm not sure if this is a white person a black person a man a woman It's it's shady, and it's what always happens to us. We need to stand up for our people, not just take anything, not just go along with the flow and stop letting them take us, abuse us, use us, throw us away, and act like they don't give a damn. That's all I gotta say. Tonight, I would like to thank all the outlets that helped me provide the news tonight. I would like to start with Black NBC, I would like to thank them for everything they provided. Blacknews.com, Blackfacts.com, The Shade Room, TMZ, CNN.com, and YouTube. I'd be nothing without you guys. Thank you so much for your continuous help. Hello, hello, hello. This is your girl, Miss Show Me The Light. I am here to let you know we are always waiting to hear your opinion. So don't hesitate to hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. I am always checking my messages or send in a a voice message. We always want to hear what you have to say. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, y'all, so I'm calling on y'all for participation for next week's show. It's going to be the beginning of the Generational Curses series. I will be posting stuff on the social media pages for you to tap in, sending your stories of generational curses that you know you've experienced, what you think a generational curse is, questions that you have about generational curses, and hopefully my guest will be able to help you work through some of your issues so i'm so excited to begin this work for myself and for you guys so make sure you tap in love you yo this year and i owe me shit covid was hard it brought a lot of change but it brought a lot of blessings in disguise So, I am grateful for the change and thankful for the change. Thank you, 2021. You help me push up, grow up, blow up, and be a better me. I'd like to leave you guys with my favorite quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. This quote comes from Mary Ann Williamson. And it's the truth, it's what I live by. As black people, we must stand up, power up, and become our real selves. Follow the light, find it. I'm trying to show you. It's your girl, Miss Show Me The Light. And I'm out this piece.